Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is, Is America Making Enemies of Central America? Which is one of the nations that will attack us in a few years. Now, we have a lot of new listeners, so let me begin at the beginning. The angel that spoke to Dimitri Dudeman, the fellow that was put on the electric chair twice, and the angel Gabriel came to him and told him he's going to America to give them a warning from God. When he arrived in America, this was part of the warning. The fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America, started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems, then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, that's our topic today, Central America, Mexico, and two other countries, which I cannot remember, will attack and Russians bombard the nuclear missiles in America and America will burn, unquote. Now, a couple of things I want to say, then let's get into Central America. First of all, I believe, and this is, no thus saith the Lord, my personal opinion is that the internal revolution started with the election of Donald Trump. The fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America started by the communists. The started by the communists is CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, the New York Times, and ones like that. And then the second part of it, some of the people will start fighting against the government, will be fulfilled when the 57,000 sealed indictments are all arrested in a short time period. Now let's look at Central America. Who are the nations? Okay, so what happens is America is in the middle of all kinds of problems, and the left is fighting the right, and the right is fighting the left. But who else is watching? Our enemies, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two other countries. Now, if we want to know how soon, and that's one of the points I want to get to today, how soon it might be until America falls, what we might do is to look at these attacking nations and ask ourselves, are those nations at this particular point angry enough to where they would attack us or join a mutual agreement or a group of other nations to attack America? So specifically today, we want to look at Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, and Central America and Mexico and ask ourselves, are those nations angry enough to where they would attack us or if Russia were to come to them behind the curtains and say, hey, we are going to attack America. Would you like to be with us? And of course, I think that Mexico would probably say, well, what's in it for me? And we would probably say, well, how would you like to have some of the spoils of war? I think Mexico would say, oh man, yeah. Uh, and Russia would say, well, what would you like to have? And they would say, oh, we want Texas and California and New Mexico back. They used to be in our territory, and we want them back. And Russia will say, you got it, okay, because they just want to see America destroyed. So today, let's talk about Central America. Specifically, let's start by talking about Honduras. As you know, the news has been talking about the last several days that Honduras has released a large caravan of immigrants heading to America. Now, they have to pass through several different countries. From Honduras, they have to pass through Guatemala and El Salvador. Now, let me go to a news article that says, Up to 2,000 migrants passed through police roadblocks and crossed into Guatemala. President Trump has threatened to cut off aid to Honduras if it did not stop the caravan. Now, do you think Trump cutting off aid to these countries, trying to get them to stop sending all of their people into America, is a good idea? Well, 
from your Western Gentile Christian mind that thinks that they need to stay there and not come up and jump on our welfare rolls, we would say, yeah, that sounds pretty good. So we would probably say we think Trump knows what he's doing. But you have to understand that's generally the way it is with God because when he is taking a nation down, he makes them appear to be making the right decisions, but the decisions they're making are actually steps heading to their own destruction. And the scripture I have for that is Jeremiah 51, verse 14. And Demetri Dudeman and I both agree that Jeremiah 50 and 51 are also talking about America in Bible prophecy. And it says, The Lord of hosts has sworn by himself, saying, Surely I will fill thee with men, as with caterpillars, and they shall lift up a shout against thee. In other words, this porous border to the south is the hand of God, and us being unable to keep people out of our nation that are bad apples is the hand of God, and what he's saying is that they will lift up a shout against thee, meaning that they're going to speak out against the nation that they wanted to come and live in. Well, we're already seeing that. Let's go on with this New York Times article. By the way, I think it's kind of funny that the article that I found talking about this that seemed to know the most about it is New York Times because New York Times absolutely hates Trump. Trump hates New York Times. And so if you want to know things from the left's opinion, that would be one of the places you go to. And New York Times did a wonderful job of talking up all of this that's happening with Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador. Okay, so let's go on. The migrants begin their march on Friday in the northern Honduran city of San Pedro Sula. Moving on foot, in vehicles, they crossed into Guatemala on Monday, pushed through two police roadblocks, and came to rest for the night in a town, and I'm not even going to try to say that Spanish town, with some resuming their northward trek on Tuesday morning. President Trump threatened on Tuesday to withhold aid from the Honduran government if it did not halt a mass migration of more than 1,500 people. Now, the news this morning said it has swelled to about 4,000 people now. In other words, kind of as they walk along, everybody joins the whole caravan, okay? Mainly from Honduras, who crossed into Guatemala this week, many with the intention of reaching the United States. Now, this is what President Trump put out on Twitter yesterday. We have today informed the countries of Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador that if they allow their citizens or others to journey through their borders and up to the United States with the intention of entering our country illegally, all payments made to them will stop or end, he wrote. Okay, hold on. That's the point of today's broadcast. Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two of the countries will attack and defeat America in one day. So, would you say that Russia would be willing to attack us today? Mm, yeah, probably most people would say, yeah. What about Cuba? <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that. But now, we see Central America, and what would you describe as Central America? Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador. So, when it says Central America, my opinion, that's exactly what it's saying, meaning the exact countries that Dimitri was told almost 40 years ago. The exact countries that would attack America are in the process of getting angry, angry enough to where I think that they would be willing to attack us. Now let's go on with the article. Only one more paragraph. Honduras, where gangs exercise widespread control in certain neighborhoods, 
as one of the world's highest homicide rates, though the numbers have been falling in recent years after hitting a peak in 2011. The rate plunged by more than a quarter in 2017, according to the Honduran government, which attributed the drop to an effort by security forces to attack drug traffickers and gangs. So what is the New York Times saying? It's saying (laughs) that Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador, they're having the highest homicide rate, having drug traffickers and gangs, is probably sending a boatload of them up to us. And they should be arriving in the next few weeks. So our first question is, does it look to you like Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two of the countries are in a position to be able to attack? In terms of their attitude, would they be willing to attack? Well, I think we'd say yes, meaning, yeah, it may be getting real close. And some things at the end of the broadcast are going to raise your eyebrows. Let's go on. Now let's talk about Nicaragua. Headline, two Americans caught up in Nicaragua's violent crackdown on opposition. October 15, 2018, an American citizen and her husband, a U.S. lawful permanent resident, were arrested in Nicaragua on Sunday. Their family and national police say amid a violent crackdown on political opposition to the president, Daniel Ortega, which has stretched on for months now and claimed hundreds of lives. Okay, so what's the point? Nicaragua has long hated America, and they, like Venezuela, which personally I think will be another one of the nations that will attack America, their economy is falling apart, and they are looking, well, in a time of desperation, if a person has a tendency to steal, they will break in and they will steal. If they have a tendency to beat somebody up in a time of desperation, that's when they do it. Well, when you see a nation in desperation, such as we are seeing in Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, and Venezuela, when they are desperate, that's when they are more willing to do something to get themselves ahead. So do you think a nation like Nicaragua that is in trouble, I mean, financially, their economy is falling apart. Matter of fact, they're saying that they're about to be the next Venezuela. Would you like to attack? Along with us, they would probably say, yeah, we'd like to, uh, but what do we get out of it? And they would offer them something that they couldn't refuse. But then they say, yeah, but we don't have the kind of weapons that you would need to attack America. I mean, everybody in America has a gun, you know. Well, then Russia's going to say, oh, well, guess what? We have that solved. Matter of fact, let me take just a second. It was probably 30 years ago. Prophecy Club started 25 years ago. I remember Henry Gruber telling a story about how he was walking and praying along a beach down in South Texas, right near the Mexican border. And he said this Mexican police officer walked up to him and didn't even look at him. He said he was actually looking away from him, but he was talking real loud so that Henry knew that he was actually speaking to him. And he says, I'm with the Mexican police or military or something. He had a uniform on. And I would like to talk to you. Meet me over at this restaurant at the tip of this whatever at this certain time. So Henry met him. And he said, they sat down and he said, I want to tell you that your prayers, I know you're out walking and praying. I want to tell you that your prayers have been very effective. He said, as you know, we just recently got hit with a hurricane. What you don't know is we have some underground caverns 
in Mexico that are massive, and we had massive amounts of all kinds of military equipment, tanks, armored personnel, carriers, and weapons and things like that, all stored down in these underground caverns. Well, this recent hurricane that hit us just flooded those caverns and destroyed all of their military equipment. He says, I want to let you know I'm a Christian too, and I want to let you know that your prayers have worked because God has given you a great victory by flooding all of those caverns. Okay, now let's go back to Nicaragua. We're trying to answer the question, do you think Nicaragua, that is in so much financial trouble, would be willing to come and attack America if Russia were to say, we'll give you part of the spoils of war, we'll also provide you weapons if you're willing to come and attack. Now let's go back to the article. There were among a group of about 38 people arrested and accused by the government of instigating or provocative activity, participating in a public protest without permission and disturbing the peace. Dozens of Nicaraguans remain in custody with growing international condemnation of Ortega's government's severe response to the protests. Now, the article goes on, meaning they're having all kinds of problems. And you remember, this is the Sandinistas. These are communists. These are people that hate capitalism, hate Christians, and especially hate America. I also want to play for you what Nikki Haley said on September the 5th about Nicaragua. Nikki Haley, the ambassador to the United Nations. One month ago, I stood on the Simon Bolivar Bridge that connects Venezuela with Colombia and watched an unending line of desperate people trying to escape tyranny. The irony and the tragedy of this bridge shouldn't be lost on any of us. Named for a great liberator, the Simon Bolivar Bridge is now an escape route for a people starved and imprisoned by a dictator. But there is also a lesson in the thousands of Venezuelans who cross the Simon Bolivar Bridge every day. Fundamental human rights are denied when a man's ability to feed his family is destroyed. Human rights are denied when a woman loses her voice in determining her own future. And when human rights are denied, the violence and instability that follow spill over borders. One nation's crisis becomes a region's crisis, even a global crisis. This process is well advanced in Venezuela. For those who say this is only a matter of Venezuelan internal affairs, tell that to the people of Colombia. Tell that to the people of Peru. Tell that to the people of Brazil. And tell that to the people of Ecuador. We are long past the point at which the narco state of Venezuela stopped being a Venezuelan security problem. And now we are seeing the start of this disastrous cycle in Nicaragua. The spread of tyranny follows a predictable pattern. Media and opposition parties are silenced. Corruption chokes off economic opportunity. Institutions that people rely on outside the state, like universities, trade unions, and the church, are attacked and demonized. The regime unleashes its militants to kidnap, torture, and execute dissidents. The dictator hides behind those forces who terrorize and surveil their neighbors, all at the regime's instruction and on its behalf. 
And when the people inevitably rise up in protest, they are met with more violence, more imprisonment, and more death. Then the exodus begins. All of this has already happened in Venezuela. All of this is now happening in Nicaragua. Daniel Ortega has adopted the tactics of the dictators he once claimed to oppose. We shouldn't be surprised. Daniel Ortega and Nicolas Maduro are cut from the same corrupt cloth. They are both students of the same failed ideology, and they are both dictators who live in fear of their own people. The Ortega regime has long controlled the media by ensuring that television and radio stations are in the hands of family, friends, and corrupt allies. Ortega banned opposition parties and rigged the Nicaraguan Constitution to allow him three uninterrupted five-year terms. And he named his wife vice president to continue to hold the power and dominate Nicaragua when he passes from the scene. In classic authoritarian fashion, Ortega is attempting to destroy the most respected institution that is rightfully standing up for the Nicaraguan people, the Catholic Church. Clerics have been attacked. Catholic charities have been looted. Churches have been desecrated. Now he is clinging to power in an equally authoritarian fashion by killing, detaining, and brutalizing anyone who dares to oppose him. According to the Nicaraguan Association for Human Rights, over 448 people have been killed. Over 2,000 have been injured. Predictably, the Ortega regime has unleashed its allied forces and turned citizens against citizens. Hundreds of the regime's opponents have been kidnapped, including six National Dialogue student leaders who were taken just yesterday. Hundreds more have disappeared, and just last week, he expelled the United Nations Human Rights Delegation. All of the detained students and other political prisoners should be released immediately. The result is the beginnings of the exodus of desperate Nicaraguans out of their homeland. Over 25,000 Nicaraguans have migrated to Costa Rica since the start of the crisis, with Honduras, Panama, and Mexico also receiving Nicaraguan migrants and asylum seekers. With each passing day, Nicaragua travels further down a familiar path. It is a path that Syria has taken. It is a path that Venezuela has taken. The Security Council should not. It cannot be a passive observer as Nicaragua continues to decline into a failed, corrupt, and dictatorial state. Because we know where this path leads. The Syrian exodus has produced millions of refugees, sowing instability throughout the Middle East and Europe. The Venezuelan exodus has become the largest displacement of people in the history of Latin America. A Nicaraguan exodus would overwhelm its neighbors and create a surge of migrants and asylum seekers in Central America. Today, the United States stands in solidarity with the people of Nicaragua, not just because we believe in, the, in fundamental human rights and expect them to be honored, 
but because our future is bound up with our neighbors in the Americas. Their prosperity is our prosperity, and their security is our security. On my trip to Colombia, I met with the Venezuelan families who walked three hours in the blazing heat every day to cross the Simon Bolivar Bridge for just a single meal, the only meal that they would have that day. Nicaraguan families aren't this desperate yet, but we know what's coming if nothing changes. We still have the opportunity to prevent history from being repeated. We still have the opportunity to prevent tyranny from threatening peace and security. The Nicaraguan people are demanding a voice in their future. They are calling for the release of arbitrarily jailed protesters. They are calling for an end to a dictatorship. They are calling for their own freedom. On July 18th, the Organization of American States overwhelmingly passed a resolution holding the Nicaraguan government responsible for ongoing human rights abuses and has since established a working group to consider the situation in Nicaragua. The OAS has shown great leadership in addressing the tragic developments in Nicaragua. The United States fully supports the efforts of the OAS. For the sake of the people of Nicaragua, for the security of the region, and for the respect for human rights that we are bound to uphold, I applaud the Security Council for adding its powerful voice to those calling for an end to tyranny, and applaud the Security Council for adding its powerful voice to those calling for an end to tyranny in Nicaragua. So does that sound to you like Nicaragua would probably go along with some kind of a behind-the-scenes, under-the-table, coordinated attack where the Russians said, come and attack America with us, we'll give you part of the spoils of war. Maybe we'll give you the gold. Maybe we'll give you the silver. Maybe we'll give you half of Texas. How would you like to have Louisiana? You see what I'm saying? Now, let's go back to this article, some important things in this article. What President Daniel Ortega is doing is a crime against humanity. They betrayed the trust of the Nicaraguan people as the crackdown on democratic reform in a ruthless attempt to solidify their power. Nicaragua has been ruled for years now by Ortega, a leader of the Nicaragua's left-wing Sandinista revolution that brought down the Somoza family dictatorship and took power in 1979. In April, his government announced social security reforms that increased contributions and decreased benefits, sparking protests that soon expanded because of the widespread discontent of Ortega's rule. Police and counter-protesters dispatched by Ortega clashed with demonstrators, according to human rights groups, leading to dozens of deaths. More than 300 people have been killed, with thousands more injured in opposition protests banned by Ortega. Thousands of Nicaraguans have fled the country. Sounds like Venezuela, doesn't it? The Trump administration has taken some action to punish Ortega's government. Let me read that again. The Trump administration has taken some action to punish Ortega's government. Does that sound like Nicaragua would be cooperative in working with some kind of behind-the-scenes conspiracy to attack America, especially if they got a piece of the spoils of the war? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go on. Sanctioning three Nicaraguan officials in July 
and restricting visas in June for national police officials, local officials, and the Ministry of Health official, all of whom are accused of, quote, directing or overseeing violence against others exercising the rights of peaceful assembly and freedom of expression, a U.S. official said. Meaning, these people are trying to have a normal life, but the Sandinistas, Daniel Ortega, and his communist government won't let them. Meaning, there's some evil people in leadership in Nicaragua, and the people are very upset. They are not happy. And yeah, I think they would probably jump at the chance to be part of the spoils of war from America. Russia, you're going to attack America? Count us in. Those actions were meant to show, quote, the U.S. will not stand idly by in the face of abuses taking place in Nicaragua. We'll expose and hold accountable those responsible, a senior U.S. official said in July. Although there have been no new actions taken since then, one U.S. citizen was shot and killed on June 1st amid the protest. U.S. Ambassador Lori Dagu said at the time the death was, quote, of great concern to our U.S. Embassy. So, can we count Nicaragua in when we are gathering nations to attack America? Oh, you better believe we can. Let's talk briefly about Cuba. You recall, um, I guess it was about three years ago, remember, first of all, Obama went down and uh, kissed and made up with Cuba and tried to make friends with them. Of course, I thought it was kind of funny because he rolled up on the tarmac and uh, Cuba at first refused to even roll out the stairs for him to get off the plane. It doesn't sound to me like they were really interested in being friends with him. But nevertheless, they did establish, reestablish diplomatic uh, relations with them. Then you recall also that several, several of our diplomats and ambassadors to Cuba were allegedly hit with some kind of strange, new, unknown sonic weapon. Several of them lost their hearing, but of course, Cuba just denied it. Now, does that sound like Cuba would be in a position to where they would be willing to attack America if Russia were to go to them and say, hey, how would you like to have Florida? What do you what do you want to have? Would you be willing to attack America if we give you part of the spoils of war? And if they were to say, yeah, but what would we get? My guess is Cuba would probably say, we want Florida. They might even say, we want Florida and, say, Georgia. Okay, would that be enough for Cuba to attack? Probably for, for Cuba, they wouldn't have to promise them anything. Cuba would be willing to attack but they would probably have to say, you're going to have to give us some weapons. And Russia would say, yeah, 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 no problem. We got them and we'll give them to you. We'll let you know when we are ready to attack and we will start moving all the weapons into place. It may be that Russia would say, we already have them in place. And it may be Cuba would say, yeah, 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 we know. <laughs> all right, well, we've run out of time. I'm going to try to continue in the same vein tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And hey, wait, 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 one more thing. Don't forget, we got a deliverance conference coming up October 20th, and Prophecy Club needs your prayers and financial support. God bless. The Prophecy Club is on the tip of God's spear. Join the battle and prayerfully consider supporting the Prophecy Club with your gifts of support. We would not be here without your prayers and generous financial support. Now from the Prophecy Club, some exciting opportunities for you. It's the Can Opener Deliverance Conference. Christians using Jesus' name, setting the captives free and equipping the saints. They've lived it. They know how to do it. No one has lived a perfect life, so everyone has issues and needs deliverance. 
learn to discern the spirit and issues in you and your family's life and how to set them free. Saturday, October 20th, 1 to 5 p.m., Spirit of Prophecy Church, speakers, Pastor Lou and Prophet Soonhee Young. Topics. Soon he's going to give her amazing testimony to expose evil, adverse child experiences. Lou will teach on shame, guilt, and self-condemnation, followed by corporate deliverance ministry. Preparation, come prayed and fasted up, expecting to be set free. No charge, no reservations are needed. Spirit of Prophecy Church, 2540K Avenue, Plano, Saturday, October 20th, 1 to 5 p.m. Saturday, October 20th, 1 to 5 p.m. See you there! Get my last two DVDs, Revelations on Revelation and Kings and Priests, both of them, three DVDs for a gift of just $40 at prophecyclub.com. Revelations on Revelation 12, Revelations on Revelation 12 tips on memorizing scripture. Jesus is not the primary message of Revelation. What is? My biggest revelation, the morning star and lots more. And Kings and Priests, what's the third woe? Who are the nations? Are all the saints kings and priests or some kings, some priests? What is the difference between kings and priests and much more? Both DVDs gift of $40 at prophecyclub.com. Revelations on Revelation, kings and priests. Prophecyclub.com, gift of $40. God will bless you.